0: Your ears do not deceive you. You've just entered the Cryptid Creator Corner brought to you by your friends at Comic Book Yeti. So without further ado, let's get on to the
1: interview. Hello and welcome to another episode of Comic Book Yeti's Cryptid Creator Corner. Uh, And I I promise one of these days I am going to change this name because that is a lot to say. But um,
2: (laughs) I like Cryptid though. (laughs) <laughs> I, I do I feel do like too. I clicked it often. <laughs>
1: we we mm-hmm. might be too far into the the branding of the uh, the podcast over 50 episodes now, but uh, this is one of your hosts, Jimmy Gasparro, and um, I have a comic artist and illustrator with me today, and uh, they uh, soon have their first original graphic novel coming out through Dark Horse Comics in February, uh, Basil and Oregano. Uh, I got to see... Uh, A preview of the first chapter, and I can't wait to hear more about it. Uh, But please welcome to the podcast, Melissa Capriglione. Melissa, how are you doing tonight?
0: Hi, I'm good. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. Um, Yeah, just to start off, you you sent me the the preview of the first chapter. Um, I really liked it. Um, I want to talk about, you know, kind of your artistic journey to get here. But, you know, real quick, um, if you could just kind of tell the listeners what is basil and oregano all about
2: um well like the basic idea of basil and oregano is about it's that it's about um two girls who attend a magical cooking school and end up falling in love that's like the elevator pitch of it
1: right yeah i love the the magic culinary mm-hmm. uh, idea of it um when i first read the little like synopsis i wasn't sure how that was like going to translate was is mm-hmm. it, was it cooking and other types of spells where they're using magic to kind of cook. It really makes sense in, you know, how it's all laid out in the first mm. chapter. And then um, I love your your artwork. Um, Thank you. Everything is so bright. Um, everybody, there's so much emotion and fun. Um, it's really a great cast of characters as well. Uh, very funny. Okay. It's some. I have two kids. My oldest is 10. And mm. I kind of think this would be like right in that wheelhouse for her that i yeah. think she would like absolutely adore this and i liked it too so that's always yeah. fun we can read something together and 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 talk about it um
2: yeah i'm glad yeah well, it's uh it's technically like a young adult because it they're um the characters are seniors in college or not college mm-hmm. uh high school they're seniors in high school um and it's technically like a young adult book but i kind of really wanted to make sure that it was geared towards all ages
1: okay so like
2: very minimal very minimal violence and it's just very lighthearted. It's very whimsical very magical
1: yeah whimsical was um uh kind of a word that popped into my head when i was reading mm-hmm. through it um it, charlotte is my my oldest daughter and we went through like a lot of the um like my my neighbor Totoro and like the Studio mm. Ghibli films and like yeah. uh, Kiki's delivery service, it had a bit of that mm-hmm. kind of vibe to it, which uh, I really liked. So
2: yeah, uh, yeah.
1: Um, Studio Ghibli but, is
2: definitely one of my like main inspirations. I have like, um, I have like almost all the art books for all of the all okay. of the movies. I just like I absolutely love like looking through them and like just like absorbing like the energy that they have.
1: Yeah, that's. I, I mean, it's. Th- those films are just excellent. I mean, every mm-hmm. one of them is, there's so much stuff that you can take in terms of influence and, and inspiration mm-hmm. um, from those. Uh, I enjoy all of them. Um, although they're not all as as whim- whimsical. Some can be yeah. pretty heavy.
2: <laughs> but they're definitely like, they definitely have like a, like a feeling to it. Like I've heard people like commonly describe it as like nostalgia for something that you've never really experienced before. Um, and then there's like this concept. Uh, I don't know if it's like a completely like Studio Ghibli uh, concept that they have, or if it's just like um something that's like prevalent, especially in like Japanese manga or like a lot of like more whimsical um anime movies or TV shows, but it's called a uh, Ma. It's like spelled M A. Um, it's basically just like the concept of like like a character just like absorbing like what happens in the moment and then just like allowing the audience to, like, just take it in and just, like, feel how everything has been feeling instead of, like, you know, in a lot of stories, you have this happens and this happens and this happens and this happens and then it's over. But, like, when you have, like, Ma, it's like a contemplation and it's, like, it's really, like, absorbing the audience into the piece, which I I, I really like incorporating in myself.
1: Yeah, I, I've never, I mean, I haven't heard of that concept before, but thinking about it mm-hmm. and knowing those films, yeah, that makes total sense.
2: Yeah, I wonder if that is
1: like a cultural touchstone.
2: I wonder, too, because there's definitely like it's more prevalent in a lot of manga, too, where like Mm -hmm. maybe like there are panels that aren't like totally focused on like driving the story forward, but more so just like building like an environment or like building a feeling, which, yeah, that's very that's very prevalent in lots of manga, especially.
1: Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. And it's nice that you've tried to kind of, you know, capture that in terms of Mm -hmm. the work that you do
2: yeah i was definitely very influenced by manga growing up
1: well speaking of you know your influences growing up so Mm -hmm. i mean how did you kind of get your start into art like were you always drawing from a young age and oh
2: yeah like i ever since i could pick up a pencil i was i was drawing my mom actually she went to art school when she was younger she studied uh fashion design um and she ended up uh after she graduated from art school, she ended up doing, um, well, this is back in the day, um, when newspapers would have artists draw the products instead of like having photographs. Cause I couldn't like translate photographs in newspapers. So she'd sure. be the one, she'd be the one like drawing all the garments and stuff for the newspapers and all that. So, um, like growing up, you know, that was something that my mom especially would, you know, try to, Like help me through and be like, How do you draw like a rabbit or something? And she helped me draw a rabbit or whatever. But yeah, she definitely was very open to just me being very artistic. I'm actually probably that my my all my siblings, I have three siblings, they're all creative in different ways, but they're not like 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 drawing artists, like they don't do drawing. Um, they they kind of do crafts, they kind of do woodwork woodworking and stuff like that. But like I'm the only one in the family who could like draw. Okay. So my mom definitely, um, like, would help me through and like teach me different things, and so it, it made it a lot uh, easier growing up to just be able to explore art and comics a lot more. And I didn't really get into um, like superhero comics at all as a kid. I never really mm-hmm. related to it. Um, but I think when I became like a teenager, I really got into manga because like it was just like, like. There's so many different kinds of manga, like different genres and everything. And I kind of felt like at the time that, like, Western comics kind of felt, like, very superhero-focused. Um, I mean, I, I I didn't look too far, but it's definitely changed these days, I would say, especially. Um, but, yeah, there's just, like, a wider range and, like, more stuff geared towards, like, people my age for manga, so... I, I enjoyed a lot of that and I studied a lot from that.
1: What um I have like a kind of a, a manga sized hole in my comics knowledge. It's the one area that mm-hmm. I know I need to be better about getting into and reading, mm-hmm. but I have plenty of friends that that do and have recommended a number of things. So what mm-hmm. what type of what ones were you into? What do you think was the most influential to you that you really that have, or that have stuck with you?
2: Mm-hmm. I think the first one that I definitely started, like, really getting into is Death Note. Um, back when that was first coming out, I, I I don't know. I just like the supernatural aspect to me and just, like, how mm-hmm. dramatic it was. It's just ridiculous. Um, <laughs> and then I, I was a little emo kid growing up. So everything, like, emo, definitely. Like, Death Note was just, it hit.
0: <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> yeah. But, like, nowadays, I mean, I don't really read a whole lot of, like, large series. Um, I have a couple of maybe like, um, toilet bound Hanako-kun, uh, maybe some, uh, Demon Slayer, um, couple of Naruto here or there, but, um, I mostly do like, um, like smaller things or like, like more limited, limited ones. And like, I'll just go to, um, like at comic conventions, like the big ones, especially like C2E2, um, New York Comic Con, they'll have like, uh, comic book vendors there who do like secondhand books. Um, and they'll bring like these like whole collections of like manga, even like, like comics from everywhere. And they're Mm -hmm. always like 50% off or like $5 per book. And there was one time, I think it was New York comic-con this, uh, uh, booth was, uh, like set, like cleaning up for like late Sunday. And they're like, this whole box here, all these books are $1. And so I was like, I want this one and I want this one and I want this one. I got like a (laughs) giant manga volume like not like not even kidding you like almost three inches thick like for a dollar i was like i don't know what this is but it was a dollar and it's cool so i'm taking it
1: (laughs) (laughs) those are the best finds (laughs) yeah i know
2: well and like for for a lot of it too especially in the last couple of years i've really tried to um like work on my line art because i i do focus a lot on color i do focus a lot on painting but like i felt Mm -hmm. like line art was something that i really wanted to like try a little bit harder at and maybe like harness a bit more power into that and manga like is all black and white it's all ink or or screen tones and I really wanted to like just like look at how different things are conveyed like with ink instead of Mm -hmm. like with painting and so that has really helped my my drawing style a lot as well so
1: in terms of your like your your, the artwork now are you are you all digital or do you still do like Mm -hmm. conventional type of art like for yourself
2: um i'm probably i would say about 98 percent digital I, okay. I have a little sketchbook i'll like doodle in like maybe at conventions or stuff but yeah right. ever since uh like I, I went to art schools um and they kind of you know push the traditional a little bit more than digital but i just feel like digital is a lot faster for me um it's easier for me to work with so. okay
1: yeah that is the one thing about i mean i don't draw i have no uh, drawing <laughs> ability uh, whatsoever but um I do know that 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 is the one thing how long comics take. So oh yeah, you know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I I completely <laughs> underestimate how long they take every single time. I'm like oh I yeah. could totally get this done in that time, and yeah, my book's been pushed back a couple a couple times because I just underestimated how much like a 200 page graphic novel would take me. You know.
1: So. Uh, yeah, I have to imagine that that, that that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> 200 Pages. Um, yeah. Uh, so you you just mentioned you went to art school. What w- before then? Where like what was the decision making about like pursuing art as a career? Like did you always know this is what I'm going to do? This is what I want to do? Um did you ever have any reservations about doing that?
2: Yeah, I definitely had reservations. I knew like when I was little, I would always say like I wanted to make comics. Um I mean I I I wasn't like when I was very little. I I really wasn't into comics that much, um, mm-hmm. but I knew I wanted to do comics because I liked the idea of taking a story and like putting it into panels and creating it all by myself. It was like taking an animation that I had in my head and like putting it into uh, panel format. Um, so I was just really attracted to just like that idea of storytelling. Um, and when I was little, I did say like you know it's my dream to be a comic book artist or just to be an artist or whatever, but um, I think by the time I got to high school, I I was a little little emo kid, and I was like, you know, I'm too cool for art class. And because <laughs> like I I tried art class, I think like in middle school, and it was all about you know like the fine art stuff, and if you mm-hmm. draw cartoons, they don't like that, and they'll right. always say you know if you draw like this and that's bad, like don't do that. So um, right.
1: Like, they're just yeah. gearing you up to the only career as if you end up in, uh, like, MoMA, right?
2: Yeah, pretty much. And I did feel that a lot, too, in my arts. Like, when I went to art school, too, um, the art school that I went to uh, was very focused on, like, more fine art stuff. But mm-hmm. um, the first year that I attended my art school was the first year that they implemented the drawing and illustration program, which is what um, which is what I majored in. Um, but before that, I've even talked to, like, alumni who have gone to my school, like, uh, decades ago. And um, I don't know if you know who uh, Jorge Garza is. Um, mm-hmm. He does, like, really cool, like, Aztec illustrations. He does, like, he'll do, like, superheroes and, like, Aztec. Uh, okay, yeah. Aztec style. He's, he, it's really cool. Um, I met him at a local convention uh, in my hometown. And he I, I mentioned I was from here. And he's like, oh, you graduated from here? And I graduated from there 30 years ago. <laughs> and I <was> like, awesome. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he said he majored in like printmaking, uh, which is what all the illustrators would do back in the day. Um, they would major through, uh, printmaking just because it was more of like a graphic drawing style. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, when I was in, um, high school, I kind of just felt like maybe I was too cool for real art classes or something or Mm -hmm. just that, that, that they weren't really geared for me. Like it was. It, it just wasn't fun, but I, I felt like if I went to art school, I'd be able to do a bit more of a focus on, like, drawing and illustration, um, which which was mostly true. I think art school, I kind of didn't do a lot of comics in art school, um, not until, like, I was, like, uh, at least a junior or a senior. Um, the first two years, I kind of just, like, doing all the basics, but yeah, it's it's definitely weird going being like a cartoonist and wanting to do something that's like more anime and manga focused and going to like mm-hmm. a fine art school. But I I have talked to um, students who have graduated from my school, like within, after I graduated, like within the last couple of years. And they said that their drawing and illustration program is the largest program that they have in the school like, right now, oh. which is, which is <laughs> awesome because yeah. like, yeah. Cause I mean like, you'd be surprised like there's so many kids these days like going into college and looking to be a comic artist and an illustrator and animator because they're so influenced by all these like really cool shows Mm -hmm. all these really cool books and stories coming out now and like everybody wants to do it so it's really cool to see that like finally being harnessed
1: yeah that's awesome yeah yeah i love that and then so once you graduate and then are you making like comics or web comics while you're? in school or do you you don't start really uh, until after you're out
2: um i actually started my webcomic falconhurst uh, i think when i was a junior in college okay um, it was more of just like a thing like like i said like i didn't do a lot of comics in college just because like the assignments weren't really geared towards it for the most part right and there were there, there were a few here and there but like we didn't have a comics class i i think we had like maybe one that I took my senior year, but it was an elective. So it wasn't like a major class that you could take. Mm -hmm. Um, So I kind of just got a little frustrated and decided, you know, well, if they're not going to teach me comics, like I have to teach myself, which is kind of annoying because like it's college, like, right. Like I'm paying tuition for this, but.
0: Yeah. um, Teach me something.
2: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Teach me me what I'm going to be focusing on. But um, I I was lucky enough to have uh, really great professors who were, you know, very, pretty familiar with comics. It's just, you know, they wanted to keep the assignments very, you know, wide. That's just so that everybody can benefit from them in some yeah. way, which, which is understandable. Like I'm also an illustrator. So I I definitely benefited from that as well. But, um, it it definitely was like, even, even for the professors, they pushed like more of like an old school feeling or they did push a lot of like, but like the old white men kind of art style like the, the mm-hmm. gritty comics only for, you know, adults and like stuff right. like that. So like the second that, you know, you draw something that's for kids or for middle grade or young adult, they're like you should do something more grown up. Whatever. Right. <laughs> so yeah, it Which was unfor- frustrating. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which is uh, has to be frustrating because yeah. um I mean, going through your website and going through like your Instagram and like preparing for this like your mm-hmm. art is so it is so bright it is so colorful mm-hmm. and vibrant and I yeah mean, and I tend to be there, more but...
2: girly which it which is really weird because like in college like I didn't draw anything like girly and I didn't mm-hmm. even draw I didn't even draw that much like LGBT stuff just because I was like not necessarily afraid to be judged but like afraid that that would be um labeled as like Immature or like yeah. not as important as the art that my peers were making. So in college, I tended to be a bit more like gritty with my work, and I realized that really wasn't making me happy. Like I wasn't enjoying doing that. So um once I graduated, I like really leaned like full tilt into like the colorful, girly, gay stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was definitely nice to have that kind of freedom, and I, I I'm glad that I found like my like niche because that has definitely benefited in like growing my style growing my um my fan base and all that stuff.
1: Right. Well, I mean, I, look, gritty's fine and and Yeah, I like know, it too. Gritty, it's just... gritty there's there's some great stuff that can be gritty, yeah. but it is sometimes it is like refreshing to see yeah. something that is lighter and I don't mean that, mm-hmm. you know, in a bad way, but that mm-hmm. when I look at some of the stuff that you've done, there's a there is a brightness there is a, an emotion to it um mm-hmm. even the 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 chapter to get back to basil and oregano the first chapter like your your characters are you know very expressive mm-hmm. and it, it conveys you know it conveys a lot it doesn't always have to be dark mm-hmm. to be yeah. adult yeah. You know, or to, or to be meaningful
2: yeah and even like basil and oregano my graphic novel like it gets dark at one point so i mean i i've always been you know, it might be surprising like, looking at my style, but I've always, like, really loved, like, extremely, like, dark, gory horror. And I love, mm-hmm. like, true crime, all that stuff, which, you know, it looks like it's, like, the total opposite of my art style sometimes. So, um, I really enjoy, like, stories that can just bring everything to the table. You know, it can bring really lighthearted stuff. It can bring really dark and gritty stuff. It can be funny. Right. It can make you sad. Like, I want all of that in, like, one one thing. I love it when like stories can do that too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think when we, whether or not it's a comic or whether or not it's a television show or a movie, when we think that, you know, this is, this has to be one thing and one thing only. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. Yeah. And some, you'll see a review of a show and it's like, I'll never, I, I'll, you know, don't, you'll see a review that's talking about, I thought this was a comedy or I thought this was this. And like, doesn't mm-hmm. allow something to be more than one yeah. thing. Yeah. You know, I, totally agree. I think we mm-hmm. we sh- we should allow more more weird things and I mean we've yeah. like a good way that's more like <laughs> yeah. life, you know, that has mm-hmm. a little bit of everything in it. Um, yeah, and
2: it's 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 fun to like stray from the norm sometimes just to like really keep the audience on their
1: toes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um so you started in college with uh Falconhurst, right?
2: Yeah, in my junior year.
1: Okay, and then um so how do you get to the point with like uh, with to get to basil and oregano? Like, how did you did you were you like pitching that to people? Because I mean, it's mm-hmm. all you you're you're doing everything, you know, by yourself. Um, how did you get to the point where this is now in a few months is going to be, you know, uh, what, 200 page graphic novel?
2: Yeah, I can't wait to <laughs> hold it in my hands. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Um
1: but how to, how to just how to just start with it go cuz you you did a couple of things you've done covers mm-hmm. and um you did some color work that's great.
2: Mm-hmm. I think like my big goal like I I've always had like you know a bunch of different goals in my art career you know like make a cover for a comic or go go and you know table at a big convention stuff like that but like my big goal like the the icing on the cake you know yeah. was going to be a, a graphic novel I want to be a graphic novelist that draws my own stuff that writes my own stuff but like at the same time like I I still want to like draw stuff that other people have written I still want to stay in illustration I still like I want to do all of these artistic things that I just but right. like my like my main focus is on uh, been graphic novels so um i kind of treated uh falconhurst i mean i love the story and i love continuing it but especially when we were first starting i'm just like i really just want to learn how to make comics um i really just want to like you know start getting comfortable with the medium so that i can you know take that and also work on other things as well and um mm-hmm. my my webcomic is uh, i have a co-author clara that i work with um we write it together we draw it together we you know talk about it together um and me and clara actually are going to be both at uh new york comic con together um i think this is going to be the second time in the eight or nine years that we've known each other that we've actually met in person so it's going to be really cool that's
0: (laughs) wonderful yeah i know nice
2: (laughs) yeah she she actually she has lived like almost across the country like the whole time that i've known her so right um, it's it's cool to finally like meet up and like tell people about our book and everything but um but yeah i was just really excited to just like finally work on like something that's 100% me like totally like all me very you know self-indulgent and stuff and I when I was in college I I did um like uh like a senior capstone stuff like that I would have professors who would ask like you know maybe your senior capstone can be like a comic book pitch or something like that and I did work on a couple of different stories but um I had difficulty finding something that was going to be like a good first story. Okay. I have, I have like a problem where when I think of a story or like a character, I'll take like one small like just an idea and I'll expand it into like a 10 volume story or whatever in my mind and like I was just like I want something small and compact yeah. make my first book and have it be fun and just something that I can you know, just make for me by me. Um, and I felt like basil and oregano was definitely good for that just because it's like, like it is lighthearted. It is, you know, it's very cute. Um, it's very me. Um, and then one of my hobbies is cooking. So like I was able to also bring that in as well. Um, so when I graduated, I started working on a couple of pitches. I kind of started just tossing stuff around until I started concepting for basil and oregano you know it's just like a little idea what if i made you know magical girl witches who are based off of like herbs or spices or foods and stuff which i I do a lot of food themed art as well so like that definitely falls in very well with that right Um, and so i was trying to think about how to get this published because i've done self-publishing before but you know it's I love self-publishing, but it's a lot of work outside of making the comics. So mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I had some friends who were, you know, published by like some like more larger publishers. And they said, well, you should get an agent and have them help you out with that. And um, so I decided to just get like a little pitch together, send it up to some agents and had some chats with them. And like I finally connected with my agent, Laurel, who's amazing. And she's been just really great throughout this whole um project with dark horse and just been like really supportive and she's been a really great editor for the story as well and like she really helped like amp up the story so much it was but it was really cool and so like we started working on like the big publisher pitch so i reworked the story i reworked art style the characters um and then we went on submissions and dark horse made us an offer so that was really cool
1: yeah that's awesome (laughs) yeah i mean dark dark horse is a great publisher so yeah they have some
2: really great stuff lately and like my 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 agent emailed me when she got the offer she's like hey can i call you and i was like yeah sure and she just got on the phone she's like so we have an offer from dark horse and i just i start crying because <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> submissions like if you talk to anybody who has been on submissions like any like artist or like graphic novelist even just like an author um you know they'll tell you that submissions are like the worst (laughs)
0: it's
2: just it's just because like uh, publishers can take months to get back to you and when they do it's like yeah this is not for me and you know like it's expected that probably like 70 to 90 percent of publishers will reject your book not because Mm -hmm. it's bad like you have to tell yourself it's not because it's bad yeah but um it's just because you know it's there's a lot of factors it may just not be what's you know what they're publishing right now maybe they're publishing something too similar maybe they love the concept but maybe they don't like the audience that it's geared to or maybe they just don't like the you know the story develops the way that it does so you know it's it's difficult to find a publisher that is like 100 percent all for your book which i'm really glad that dark horse has been so great with because like Ever since the beginning, they're just like, this looks great, Melissa, keep going. And I'm like, okay.
1: <laughs> this is <laughs> what you want to hear. Yeah,
2: yeah, I'm just doing my thing. <laughs> they'll like, they'll like point out, like, you know, like, uh, uh like letter copy stuff, like, oh, there's a typo here, you know, uh, margins, whatever. But for the most right. part, like this, the story has just maintained like 100% me, which has just been just a, a really great experience.
1: That's awesome. Uh, yeah. As a, you know, doing everything in terms of writer and artist, um, do you do you script everything out first? Yes. I mean, did you have to have a script for approval or and get it all, or the, more for yourself?
2: Um, partially both. Um, mm-hmm. I'm working on another graphic novel for submissions now, um, but I'm not, uh, my my agent said I don't have to have the script completed for that, just like maybe a couple chapters just so that the editors can really get a good feel for it. Um, right. Because, I mean, for a lot of publishers, too, like, uh, this is going to be, like, a middle grade uh, pitch that I'm doing. So, like, middle grade tends to go through a lot of a bit more uh, editorial processes just because, like, these are larger publishing houses, like Random House or Scholastic. And Simon stuff like Kids that. or
1: something, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, so they do tend to go through a bit more of, like, an editing process. So um, I didn't want to have, like, a whole book scripted out before, you know, all, any changes have been made. But right. um, based on Oregano was definitely pitched with the full script, um, and I think like the script was approved almost immediately, so that was really good. I was able to just like start working on it like immediately. That's but awesome. yeah, my my scripts tend to be my my agent leaves a lot of like really fun comments. She'll be like, "Ha kind of like I love this or something like that. Just because <laughs> my my script is like, I say, like I would say it's about ninety percent for me. Like yeah. I'll write in like little notes like. Um, like basil oregano is very like manga-y so there's like a part where they like look at each other in the eyes and they get like the little anime sparkles and i wrote that in the script (laughs) was like and they look at each other in an anime way (laughs) (laughs) so yeah
1: you know what you mean (laughs)
2: yeah yeah exactly and And i know exactly how to like convey that into my artwork so yeah it's like i love like writing scripts
1: there's a there was a few times in the the first chapter where I think the character kind of had um where um basil kind of had that you know mm-hmm. type of look in the very beginning where it was it it works very well. Um, yeah, it doesn't really, you know, take you out of it. it It makes a lot of sense. Um mm-hmm. and also, I like kind of your use of. Like the text messages as like a mm-hmm. narrative caption at times. Yeah, like it, that's it, been
2: a big thing lately in uh, graphic novels. I've noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, Molly Knox Ostratog's book, uh, "Girl from the Sea," like really utilized that, um, and I thought that the way that it was done was like really, really interesting, like visually. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't read. I, I I'm familiar with their work. I haven't read that one though, but um, mm-hmm. I, I've seen it elsewhere before. But it mm-hmm. is it it does make um. It does make a lot of sense, especially for things that are set, you know, kind of, uh, kind of right now. Um, yeah,
2: and I thought it was really cool having this like whimsical magic, like adjacent with like this really modern stuff. Like um, mm-hmm. I have, I have um, in the story, I have uh, like a social media platform called Prestogram, which is like Instagram right. but for magic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: I had a lot of fun with like just like developing like super like weird modern, you know, niche stuff. And right. just translating it into like a whimsical magical world.
1: I did like um, uh, the one character, um, Oregano, uh, Ara- Arabella. Arabella, yeah, yeah. Arabella, yeah. Um, uh, when she tells the the group of mean girls that bitter isn't a good flavor <laughs> profile on we'll you, bud. If I, like, if I get any that's a, like that's a good joke.
2: <laughs> if I get any bad reviews on my book, I'm just gonna send that Springs cap, <laughs> <laughs> but
1: yeah, that was really that mm-hmm. was uh that was good. that but that that whimsy that, <laughs> yeah, is great is uh yeah mm-hmm. it's fantastic. Um, but,
2: like mixing that with like the modern stuff, like I just feel like that's so I don't know. it was just so much fun,
1: yeah, it is really fun. I, um, but I also love how. I mean, how diverse it is. Everybody mm-hmm. looks different. Like uh, the mm-hmm. the Basil has uh, two dads, um, mm-hmm. you know, j- but it's just n- and none of it is used in terms of a, hey, look at me. Look at this. Look what I've done here. Mm-hmm. It's just like, hey, these folks exist in the world yeah. like the rest of us. And so mm-hmm. they're in the book because they're in the world. And yeah, that's great.
2: And that's one of the big things that I really try to push in, like all of my stuff. Like, I want every single character to be LGBT. Every single character, <laughs> just because, like, I mean, people say, like, oh, you can't have like two whole gay people in a friend group. I'm like, my friend group is all queer people. Like, what are you talking <laughs> about? <laughs> Everyone's gay.
1: <laughs> yeah, they don't do that the other way. They don't know. They don't ever say, mm-hmm. hey, you have you have too many like straight cisgender people yeah. in this group here. Yeah, we need to we need to add a gay. (laughs) Nobody says that. So why is it the other way?
2: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And like, I I have so many friends who are like just like like different genders, like changing pronouns, and like I I have like um, uh, the two other main characters aside from Basil, um, the one with orange hair, uh, their name is Villy, and then Mm -hmm. the um, the one with like the green hair, uh, her name is Addie. Um, And my favorite thing about both of those characters is that Villy is um, non-binary, and Addie is a uh, transgender girl who uses she/they pronouns. Um, mm-hmm. And so, like, I have friends like they use she/they pronouns. They've been like trying out different pronouns, and like I showed them the comic, and I showed them like the character concepts, and like I could just like hear them like yelling from the other side of the screen, like, "Oh my god, they use they pronouns." <laughs> It's just, uh, it's just, it's so so nice just to see like their, their eyes, like just like light up when I say stuff like that. Like, you know, right. you know, I have like non-binary characters. I have characters who, you know, are just, you know, different genders. Like, and it, it's really nice to see because I, I see a lot of, especially my non-binary friends, um, people use like their, you know, dead names or like the wrong pronouns. And like, yeah it, it's just like breaks my heart to just like see them be like so upset from that and i just i like to create worlds where people wouldn't have to worry about that like somebody just comes up and says hey i go by you know they them pronouns now and then all of a sudden it's like okay i just implement yeah. it and it's like the yeah. same thing with my my girlfriend um my girlfriend's family which she has five siblings and they're all queer it's so cute um but <laughs> One of her youngest siblings recently um, came up to her and said, "Like, oh, I, I would like to use uh, he/him pronouns now." And my girlfriend, the first thing that she said, she was like, "Oh my god, I have another brother now! I'm so excited." <laughs> it was just so cute. So it's just really great to just like be there, be supportive, and like you know, show your friend you love them by using the right pronouns and the right names.
1: Yeah, I. That's that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I've never. I mean I'm I'm an old person um mm-hmm. but you know I I do not understand the 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 ire over the pronoun issue if somebody yeah. says that this is if somebody tells you what they are yeah, it's the easiest like, thing in the world I mean
2: Yeah like who know, are you to argue what they want to be Yeah Okay
1: <laughs> it's just uh, yeah I you know I try to always be, uh, mm-hmm. you know, mindful of that, but um, y- you have, you have, you have though created a world where um, it just must be very, it's a world that would be nice to live in.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially now, but you know. yes.
1: <laughs> yes. Especially now. Um, yeah. So I, I wanted to not to get, too far away from basil and oregano you said one of your hobbies is cooking
2: yeah and- i mean i try to have because i mean i'm not saying that art is a hobby like i have it as a career obviously but like yeah it's very hobby-ish and like say that like you know i need a, I need a new hobby i'm like i'm gonna google you know what get, what what are some fun hobbies to do people are saying try a coloring book like i i do coloring like professional coloring that's already a coloring book for me. You know, or they'll say, try drawing something. It's like, I draw for a career. Like, I need I need a hobby that isn't necessarily like super creative. And what I really enjoy about cooking is that like, I'm not necessarily good at it and I don't really strive to be, but like, you know, I just want to make something yummy. And like, you know, I cook for me and I cook for my girlfriend and she just gets so happy when I cook something delicious. Every time I cook something new, she's like, this is my favorite thing that you've made so far. <laughs>
1: So what is it like? What do you like to cook? Like what uh, um, a particular cuisine or do you have like a couple of like go to dishes that you feel like you've mastered yeah. fairly well?
2: Um, I do have it's a it's a vodka sauce. It's a pink vodka sauce that I usually make. Uh, I use like different pastas sometimes, but it's my girlfriend's favorite. So it's legit. It's just like um so she's vegetarian, so I do try to like make something that's more like vegetarian friendly. She has siblings who are okay. vegan and we share food with them, so I do try to make stuff that's more vegan, vegetarian friendly. Plus, meat's expensive now, so yeah, I, I try to usually just stay away from that. Um, but um, the pink vodka sauce is one of her favorite dishes because it's just like a basic spaghetti sauce. Um, I don't put meat in it, um, I put like some peppers in it and I blend it up so it's like nice and smooth. Uh, and then I put uh recently we had a giant bottle of gray goose so i was putting a bunch of that in there <laughs> oh. <laughs> um and then uh, i think it's just like some heavy whipping cream sometimes i've used like uh coconut milk for um making it vegan um and she says like that's like her favorite meal ever so like i'll make that with like some garlic bread some caesar salad and she just she loves it so
1: yeah no oh, that sounds <laughs> great Not yeah. like a good vodka sauce mm-hmm. um yeah do you have a the, the pasta question that we always ask in my house is what is your what is do you have a favorite type of pasta? Bow like a favorite shape? What is it?
2: Bow ties. I love oh. bow ties. They're just so cute. And like when I put them, uh, I recently made like a, I make like a bean soup, which is also really good because I make like these like giant vats of soup. And like i mm-hmm. will just like prepare it like once a week. And that's like that's um, like dinner every day of the week um and i made like this bean soup and i put little bow ties in it and i love like after a couple days in the soup they just like kind of flatten out into weird sheets
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> they start absorbing yeah.
2: all <laughs> of that
1: broth and mm-hmm. oh yeah
2: oh they're so yummy yeah. though um i also do like uh i i like to make my own gnocchi i get like the like uh mm. it's like the it's shredded like the shredded uh uh instant mashed potatoes like stuff like that like the flakes Um, it's like super easy to make with that it's just like some like water flour some maybe some basic seasoning and they take like just a couple minutes to cook and i just love making it
1: (laughs) yeah i'm getting hungry again i had pasta for dinner tonight (laughs) and i'm hungry again already
2: yeah me too Um. (laughs) (laughs) yeah i get hungry a lot drawing this comic because i'll be like you know painting like this really nice looking dish and i'm like man i'd like to eat that right now
1: well, I, I love reading things. Uh, I, I love the, Like the food network is like the default channel on at the house mm, here, mm-hmm. and yeah. you know, so whenever there's big for me too, whenever we just need background noise on it's, mm-hmm. it's the food network. So I'm always curious <laughs> yeah. when there's like a dish that I, I don't know. Cause I try to, mm-hmm. you know, eat as much as, uh, as much as possible no, i try to yeah. <laughs> eat as many different <laughs> <Me too. laughs> things uh i like to explore yeah. different cuisines but yeah you, you had one of the teachers in like the first of your book made something and i wasn't quite sure what it was
2: um, um i don't know how to pronounce it just because i i did like just internet research but um fatayr el Jibne is like uh it's just like a pastry with like a couple of different cheeses in it um i personally have never made it before because pastry is very intimidating to me but it sounded very delicious, um, so yeah. like I read up all about it, and um, like I was like looking at pictures, I was looking how it's made, and I was just like really interested in it. Like, and I, I really like with basil and oregano also being like a pretty diverse um, story. I and like culinary, like it's like so diverse. There's like food from all over the world, and there's always different stuff. There's always new stuff, and I wanted to really make sure that like everything was. Pun not intended, but brought to the plate. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. Well, if you've ever looked at anything uh, on on Matt, who runs Comic Book Yetis' mm-hmm. Twitter page, he's oh, yeah. a big fan of puns. So, oh
0: yeah, <laughs> um,
1: you're uh, you're in in good company.
0: Mm-hmm. Hey, there
1: was another uh, the graphic novel that I had read not that long ago. Um, um, I'm just looking up the name. To make sure I had it right, but a uh, yummy, a history of desserts by uh, Victoria yeah, Grace Elliott, and man, I, mm-hmm. I that was another great graphic novel, and especially like food based. I, I interviewed
0: yeah.
1: um, them for Comic Book Yeti, and like going reading it, I was like, I'm just
2: mm-hmm. really
1: triggered that sweet. Yeah, tooth.
2: <laughs> I, I really like. I thought it was really cute too, and like I usually don't read nonfiction, but like that was just like really told in like a really like fun way that was just right like, not only like visually fun but like written in a fun way as well so i yeah, really enjoyed was, that book as well
1: yeah it was very very informative and a very clever mm-hmm. use of of uh you know like the comic book media yeah. to kind of get across information and get across in a fun way and yeah you know that was uh that was pretty neat um
2: yeah and i've been finding um, myself like going to the comic book store and like there's been a couple of uh like graphic novels that i've just like dealt with like cooking or like food lately um and so like i i was actually just at the comic book shop today and like i i walked in and i ended up with like two new books uh i forgot what they were called but um they both had to do with like just like cooking uh one was like has has, like a witch in it um not necessarily Mm -hmm. uh cooking magic but like it was like witchy and like had like donuts and stuff it was really cute so
1: yeah, I love the the mix of that, that, that perfect, mm-hmm. almost like a fantasy element and, food yeah. and cooking. And I think that's very fun. And it was mm-hmm. why I thought that when I had first come across something for Basil and Oregano and wanted to talk to you, I just thought, mm-hmm. oh, this is just like a great concept. And that's, mm-hmm. that's the, always the starting point for me in terms yeah. of any story. Like, what, what is this really about? Okay. And then mm-hmm. I just thought it was a really fun mix and it looked. It looked fun and it looked mm-hmm. sweet and it you know and it looked like it like I said earlier it looked like a nice place to <laughs> visit and or live. Yeah. And I thought this is just you know wonderful mm-hmm. and then especially in terms of representation it's mm-hmm. hugely 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 important. It's something I I never had to worry about. There were people that looked like me in everything yeah. I read, mm-hmm. and, but for someone to not have that, I don't know what that's like. But I mm-hmm. I, I imagine it's extraordinarily difficult. And when Folks see themselves reflected in the things they watch or mm-hmm. read. It has to be uh, a fantastic experience, and you know, hopefully, we'll get to a, a place someday where yeah. it's not so novel.
2: Yeah, I hope so too. And it's like with like, I, I, I'm like I'm white. I grew up in like a mostly like a very white family. Um, like my I think the first time I ever had Chinese food was when I was 16 because my mom is very picky and she's very uh, – she she was raised Polish, I think. Yeah, Polish by her uh, parents and then my dad's like uh, Chicago Italian. So um, they're very they're, – they're a little older so they're like, you know, they don't like anything spicy. They don't want, you know, the, <laughs> the weird flavors and so like I – I started traveling for conventions and I'm like, I want to try all of these restaurants. Like, yeah. because I, I never got a chance to have all of this, like really amazing foods from like all over the world. Like I, I wanted to explore it. Like I wanted to experience that because growing up, like we had hot dogs and mac and cheese.
1: Yeah. And yeah. My, I,
2: yeah. We got, we had like spaghetti and stuff like that, but that was pretty much right. it.
1: I, yeah. uh, well, my mom doesn't listen to this, so I can, I can, uh, I can, <laughs> I can trash her, as she would say. But um, my dad, when I was a a kid, my dad worked shift work. And so whenever he was on 3 to 11 and my mom was in charge Mm -hmm. of dinner, she almost always made the same thing where she would just round up a hamburger, as she called it, hamburger. (laughs) She would just brown it in a pan, drain the oil, and then melt American cheese over top of it and make Velveeta shells and cheese. And if she could get away with making that four nights a week, <laughs> she would. And mm-hmm. and but but I, I would I st- tell her now still, like she's broadened her horizons a little mm-hmm. bit. But I would say that if, if she could have just melted American cheese on cardboard, like that's what she would have eaten in flavor-wise. Yeah. she was not real big into anything spicy or flavorful, everything mm-hmm. had to be cooked well, well done. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, when I started, you know. Going to when I was in college and you know, law school, because I'm an attorney. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially I went to college and, and law school in Philly, and especially being in Philly, a- any place I could go that was different, I was yeah. right there. You know, like what is this, Jamaican? What is this, yeah. West African? What is this, Thai? Mm-hmm. Yeah, tie me up. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, and it's so much fun because, like. Not only do you get to have like this like new delicious food, it's just like it's like open like uphold doors to like um you know the the culture's like entire like way of cooking like the way of using right. flavors um like my my girlfriend she's um uh, uh her mom was uh from Mexico. Yeah, I believe her mom was from Mexico, and her dad is like you know super white <laughs> so um she <laughs> My girlfriend, when we first started dating, uh, she was more capable of handling spice than I ever was. I, I, okay. I could heart, I couldn't hardly handle like anything like with heat. So she started introducing me to like more spicy stuff. And now like my favorite thing to eat is like, that's like, a uh, for lunch is like, uh, it's like a bowl of ramen, but it's like kimchi flavored and it's so spicy. I just love it. I could eat it all day. And it was especially helpful cause I just got over COVID. So I was like, I had a stuffy nose and a sore throat and like that heat was just so good. Just oh. like drains everything.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, my my favorite meal, like in the for breakfast in the morning. Mm. Um, my favorite thing to have uh, breakfast on the weekends because during the week is too tough. But I I mm-hmm. um, I'll have toast, pepper jam, avocado, mm. eggs over easy, and sriracha. That sounds that's nice. That's what that's like my breakfast on, yeah. on the weekends. <laughs> but that's I, better than what I, I do.
2: I have to do like the I have to do the smoothies the breakfast smoothies which is nice but like once winter rolls around it's like the last thing that you want is a freezing cold smoothie
1: (laughs) yes yeah you want something a a little a little little warmer um yeah speaking of graphic novels and and cooking um iron circus comics um they have the poor craft cookbook which is
0: yeah that's a
1: wonderful like graphic novel format of a cookbook and different mm-hmm. recipes and um like the first half of the book is all about you know shopping and what yeah. you should buy and the second half is is more recipes um that's a really fun graphic novel and cookbook and informative too so yeah yeah i, I do like that I, mix of things
2: i have the um i have a one or the others of the the pork craft books um and I i thought those were really interesting so i'll definitely look into that the cookbook That sounds really nice, especially with how expensive groceries are these days.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We've been
2: avoiding going to the grocery store. (laughs) I just don't want to look at prices.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It is. It's, it's tough, you know, and finding economical ways to still make things that taste good and aren't terrible for you is, yeah.
2: uh, We've been eating horrible lately because, like, I've been on a deadline crunch for basil and oregano. I got to finish that up here soon. I've been on, con crunch prep for kind of like the last month or something and like my girlfriend she also did the lettering for my comic she does the flats for my comic she like for basil and oregano and she's been amazing through all that and she's been working super hard on that too so and she has her own project so we're just like it, it's it's 10 o'clock who do you just want to eat a box of mac and cheese
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: yeah it's just been like boxed pastas fast food DoorDash. I just right. have not had the energy or the time to cook, which which really sucks because like, like I really like it's like a stress relief, but like when you don't have time and you don't have energy, just it gets tough. It seems like a chore.
1: Right? Yeah, it, you like to do it because mm-hmm. it it kind of provides that that type of relief, but when you don't even have the time to do it, yeah, it's yeah, it just compounds everything,
2: you mm-hmm. know? Yeah.
1: What type of stuff do you have to do? I mean, this isn't your first time at New York Comic-Con, right?
2: Uh, no, this is my second year. But um, the uh, last time I was at New York Comic-Con, um, I believe it was December of 2021. Um, and that was the first year coming back from the uh, pandemic. Right. Um, so it was like, it, uh, I believe they limited uh, ticket sales for New York Comic-Con as they did for uh, Emerald City, um, which I also did uh that first year back from the pandemic um and then before that before the pandemic my main the biggest convention that i did was c2e2 so that was like i think the last c2e2 which was 2020 march 2020 like literally a week before everything shut yeah, down it was like
1: right before yeah
2: yeah because i remember um emerald city was the week after that next and they like immediately canceled that after c2e2 Hmm.
1: um
2: so, like, uh, C2E2 2020 was, like, my, like, basis for how a large convention should be. And from what I heard from about um, Emerald City in New York is, like, they're, like, the biggest conventions, you know, in, in the country, you know. Um, <clears throat> and the first year back from Emerald City, like, I just remember, like, walking down the artist alley and seeing everybody. They're, like, on their phones and, like, just scrolling. It was just dead. Like. Yeah. Because they had to, like, limit ticket sales, so they just didn't have as many people walking through, so people Mm -hmm. didn't have as many sales. So, um, I'm really excited for New York Comic Con um, coming up now because I believe it's going to be a lot larger um, than the last year's New York Comic Con, which I did pretty okay at, you know, it's my, you know, going to the big city and everything. But um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited to see New York Comic Con in its full power. So, I'm hoping I get to see some of that this year.
1: That's awesome. Well, yeah. good luck. I hope uh, Thank you. I hope you enjoy yourself. I hope it uh, yeah. I hope it's a good time. That's yeah, a lot I'm, of fun. Um I'm
2: going with uh, my friend Clara who helps me uh, uh, she's my co-author for Falconhurst and she actually went to school for four years in New York City. Um so she's gonna be like my my guide throughout the city this time. So it's gonna be fun.
1: You're gonna get some more time to like explore New York a little yeah. bit more.
2: Yeah, I That's did fun. like the really basic touristy stuff last uh, last time because I went with my girlfriend last time and she couldn't get time off of work this time um, to come with me to New York. So I did like Times Square. I did like Central Park, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And this time, like my friend's going to take me to all the cool places that, you know, people may not know of. So I'm, I'm really excited for that.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, that yeah. should be a lot of fun. And plus yeah. the convention. And I, th- I think it's yeah. going to be pretty big.
2: The convention um, this year is going to be pretty yeah. big. They, they have actually uh, quite a few big names, uh, artists in the artist alley. Um, uh, Sweeney Boo is going to be there, which I actually just learned that um, their book came out. So I pre- I ordered that. That should be in here. And I'm definitely going to get that signed. I'm so excited. Um, gosh, who else is going to be there? <sighs> I think Elvira was just announced. Uh, Elvira is going to be there. I think that's going to be really cool. Oh, and they're having that's um, awesome.
0: Elvira's yeah, yeah. Gonna
2: be there. Yeah, especially yeah. since uh, she recently came out that she was like she has a wife, and I was like, that's
1: so cool. Right.
2: Because like I've always had yeah, crush she a, Elvira.
1: <laughs> yeah, she has a wife. Uh, she's mm-hmm. a comic. Uh, yeah,
2: yeah, she's so cool. Um, and then I also learned that there's going to be um, uh, uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation. Uh, reunion at New York Comic Con this year. So I'm so excited for that.
1: Are you a big Star Trek The Next Generation fan?
2: Yeah, actually. My girlfriend's whole, like, all the siblings are, like, huge Star Trek nerds. And, like, before okay. I met my girlfriend, like, we, I never watched Star Trek because I'm like, let's just, it's lame. But, well, um,
0: uh-huh.
2: like, I, I started watching because, like, I thought it was all just, like, pew, 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 you know? Right. Because, like, I've only, like, seen, like, maybe, like, some previews of the movies and stuff, which is not a good basis for Star Trek at all. But, like, the show is just so, like, for lack of a better word, like, cute. Like, all the shows, like, um, Next Generation, like, they're all just, like, space friends. And they just go on space <laughs> adventures.
1: <laughs> yeah, they are space friends. That's doesn't. <laughs> yeah, way yeah.
2: it. It's really cute because, like, like one of the main things that they do is, like, they just sit around and play poker. Like, with Data as, like, the, the card dealer with, like, his little visor. Like, it's just mm-hmm. so cute. Like, you think of, like, space travel, like, being so serious and, like, grungy and, like but they're just like playing poker and eating chocolate pudding. So (laughs) I I just think it's really cute. It it definitely like, uh, and like we were talking about earlier, like, like, you know, you think sci-fi and spacey stuff is all like super serious and like, yeah, but like it's fun because like they do a lot of really different things. They have like sad things. It goes scary sometimes. Like when the uh, spoiler alert, when Tasha dies, like that was pretty spooky. Mm -hmm. So Yeah. Like, I really liked how, like, it really just, like, bends all of that.
1: Yeah. Oh, I was a big if, if Star Trek The Next Generation fan. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I've talked about it on this podcast w- with before, <laughs> when Ben uh, humanek and I, when I interviewed him, and mm-hmm. we just, like, talked about it, we turned it into the Star Trek The Next Generation podcast for a little bit, <laughs> just talking about Star Trek. Oh, there's but, so much
2: to talk about. It's so
1: Yeah, fun. and I mean, it, it hit it, like, the perfect age for me. I mean, I'm 43 mm-hmm. now, so I think Star Trek, I think The Next Generation first, aired in 80 i want to say it was 87 or 88 so i was like nine years old Mm. and i was instantly instantly hooked Mm -hmm. um but yeah i loved how like silly it could be and i loved Mm -hmm. how scary it was at times and then how it made you feel um, yeah
2: like you get really attached to the characters like that finale of next generation like every time no matter what happens i just sob i just start crying
0: Yeah, it's just
2: like it's so cute, and it's like lighthearted, and they're all best friends on and off camera. Like, I love them so much.
1: I was a big fan.
2: Yeah,
1: I was a big, big fan. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, that's that's awesome. Um, Yeah,
2: yeah. So New York Comic Con this year should be really, really fun. I hope so. Yeah.
1: And so, um, I I guess uh, just to kind of like wrap things up here, um, you know. When uh, when basil and oregano comes out, uh, and you can actually hold it in your hands, and and folks are are going to be able to read it. Like, what do you hope is the main thing that your readers will take away from the story?
0: Um, I think just having something. Sorry, my cat's yelling. Um, just they do having that. yeah. I feel like I feel like punches my door and she goes ah! but
2: yeah um but i'm hoping that just like because like i i got that uh first chapter preview ready for you this morning um and i sent it out to my friends as well um and i was like hey you guys want to see a preview of the first chapter of my graphic novel And like i sent it on my discord and they were just like screaming <laughs> i was just like i sent it out to them and like they just had so many nice things to say like it's so cute like it's just so fun and magical and gay and like Like, like I said before, like all my friends, like they're all queer, like I have a lot of non-binary friends. So like, I just like, I can already tell that they're just like really like loving these characters and like, just like really finding like just something comfortable and cute and whimsical in it. So I'm just, you know, I've been doing uh, like smaller conventions, especially since I'm in the Midwest and like I tend to have a lot of queer art. And I, it's like, especially when you see like a, like a young person who maybe just like questioning their identity a little bit, they'll walk past my booth and they'll just like, they'll like look and then they'll walk and they'll just like do a double take, like, and then their eyes just light up. And like, this happens so often Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and it's just, it's like, I wish I had that when I was a kid. So I guess this is kind of just like my way of like putting into the world. Like I want, I, I, I would have had a lot less of a difficult time with my identity if I had a book like this growing up. So that's pretty much the most important thing that I want to have accomplished when I put this book out into the world. That's really beautiful, Melissa. Yeah. Thank you. Well,
1: I, 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 I think that's uh there's no better way to wrap it up than that. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I really appreciate you, uh, you taking the time to, uh, yeah to talk to me today uh i I appreciate you interviewing me (laughs) i I was really taken by the cover and um Mm. and the synopsis that i read and i wanted to talk to you about it i think it it looks great i love the first chapter and i i can't wait to uh i get to read the whole thing when it's it's out in february
2: yeah um hopefully february (laughs) yeah i'm doing my best
1: (laughs) uh well i uh, i'm i'm sure you'll get there uh, mm-hmm. you're, it sounds like you're pretty close. So
2: yeah, I'm getting there. So close. It's going to be so nice to have it finished,
1: right? Uh, yeah, I, I'm sure it will. That's uh, that's a huge effort, and mm-hmm. so you should oh, be yeah. really proud of the work Thank you've you. done so far. It um it was really good, Thank and you. I can't like I said, I can't wait to read the rest of it. Um, all right. Well, for uh, comic book Yeti, this has been Jimmy Gasparo, and I am been here with Melissa Capriglione. And Basil and Oregano is going to be out from uh, Dark Horse in February. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on the Cryptid Creator Corner, Melissa.
2: (laughs) Thank you for having me.
1: (laughs) All right. uh, Please, if you you like these interviews and you like to hear me um, awkwardly stumble my way through them as I ask talented people questions, uh, please tell your friends. And um, I thank you for listening, and I will see you next time. This is Byron O'Neill, one of your hosts of the Cryptid Creator Corner, brought to you by Comic Book Yeti. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of our podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. It lets us know how we're doing and more importantly, how we can improve. Thanks for listening.
0: If you enjoyed this
1: episode of the Cryptid Creator Corner, maybe you would enjoy our sister podcast, Into the Comics Cave. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.